When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chickasaw native and Chickasaw Hall of Famer, Mr. Gerald Briscoe, Oklahoma's favorite son. And what a treat we have today. One of the greatest images, stars, you name it, in the history of the WWE. Some guys come along and just become icons. This is one of those guys. From the brood to the ministry to the 1993 PWI Rookie of the Year. I'm not sure how that happened because he'd been wrestling quite a while. So I think there's something with gimmick with that. But he is our friend, Gangrel, Mr. David Heath. Gangrel, welcome to the show. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I always question that 93 Rookie of the Year. I think I, I, I broke in in like 87. <laughs> I think because I, wear, I worked under a mask with the Blackheart most of that time, I suppose. <laughs> so you worked, you worked the magazine. They, they go, who is this new guy? We have never seen him before. He looks like the mask guy that was in Calgary. <laughs> that chubby fat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, David, man, it's great to have you on. You're a Florida boy. You're from down there in South Florida there. Your, your background ties in with, with a lot of mine here, the, my, my upbringing, too, in the business there with, with several several of the same characters that, that got you involved in it. But tell us, what you've grown up in the, in the South Florida down there. Florida Championship Wrestling had, had to be your, your inspiration getting this. But, but tell us a little bit about David Heath, uh, you know, the, the athlete in school, and, and, and how you – who – who had to be Dusty Rhodes or Joe LaDuke or, or Mike, <laughs> Mike or Eddie or someone, Steve Kern, one of those many, many stars that we had down here in Florida that kind of influenced you. So tell us a little bit about that part of your career. Well, yes, I grew up in South Florida, Deerfield Beach, Florida, uh, rough neighborhood. Um, played football. I wanted to be a preacher and play football. That's it. You know, I remember the uh, high school scouts would come to the Pop Warner games and say, uh, what, what, what pro team do you want to play for? And I'd go, Miami Hurricanes. He goes, that's a pro team. <laughs> I got they were a pro team. They were a pro team. Right then. And um, unfortunately, uh, I, I broke my neck playing football at 13. And uh, so when I broke my neck, I kind of went a whole other path. As I said, I grew up in a rough neighborhood. So I started running the streets and uh, getting involved in all that stuff. We were like, uh, ended up selling drugs, doing all kinds of shady, shady stuff like that. And um, by by the age of uh, thirteen, I've already the uh, fourteen. I moved out, moved in with an uncle. By fifteen, I was on my own because I already got a girl pregnant, and uh, so I had a son on the way. <laughs> and so sports was out the window when they took football away. Uh, when I broke my neck, I said I couldn't do any more sports. 
And uh, that's why I just went a whole other path. That was the only thing that kept me grounded. You know, I was going to church. So I also, at when I broke my neck that same year, I lost my little brother. He drowned. So uh, the whole church thing, I was mad at God. Football, I was mad at God. And uh, just went a whole other route, got in a whole lot of trouble, ended up uh, growing up really fast and working construction. And one day, uh, and I did watch a lot of wrestling because you asked who my inspiration was. You know, I watched a lot of Florida. Of course, Dusty was my mom's guy. My mom loved Dusty. And I only went to one professional wrestling match, and that was with my mom. And I wouldn't go again because she embarrassed the hell out of me, standing on the chairs, yelling at people, and then trying to fight in the parking lot afterwards. But uh, but uh, it was very <laughs> it was Barry Wyndham when he came in, when he just started out. When Barry Wyndham started out. That's, that's who I did a lot of watching. Oh, just, just to make you feel better, my mom challenged uh, uh Fritz Vaughn Eric one night. Did she really? Yeah, yeah. Fritz, Fritz had beat up on Jack or something. My mom was there for the first time she'd ever seen a pro wrestling match. Fritz was walking by because she, of course, ran to the back where Jack was going to the back. And uh, Jack went first. And here comes Fritz. And she, he, according to Fritz, she got right in his face. And he said, I was terrified to tell you the truth. He said, I, I knew what your brother could do. I just wondered what your mom could do at that time. <laughs> was your mom a tall lady or short lady? Or no, she was a, she's an average sized lady, you know, but she had that Indian that blood in her. She had that fire. <laughs> she probably had a little fire water in her. At the time. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so uh, from there, I just, uh, you know, I tried to, uh, I, I built the stock car at 15 uh, down in Ohio Speedway. I don't remember Ohio Speedway down there in, yeah. uh, down in uh, Sweetwater, Miami. And uh, that didn't work out. So I tore that thing up, totaled it. And it came down to my rent being, it was like uh, rent was due. And uh, so I ended up selling the, the stock car, paid my wait rent. Wait a minute, wait a minute, you're 15 and you got rent due? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I moved out. I was on my own, 13, 14 years old. And by 15, I, I had a baby. had a baby, dude, too, too yeah, right? I had a baby, yeah. Baby, baby, yeah. Yeah, birthday's coming up. You February. did grow up fast. <laughs> yeah. Gangrel, how, so, not to go to go back right quick, but how did you break your neck? I mean, I, that's unusual for a 13-year-old to break their neck in, in, in football. Was it in practice? No, no, no. It was a championship game. We was playing Lauder Hill. Uh, I played offense, defense, kickoff return. I never left the field. Pretty much one of the only uh, white guys on the team. So, like, I played really, really hard. We're playing Lauder Hill. It was a tough team. And uh, the quarterback, the quarterback, it was a fumble. Went to pick the fumble up. At the same time, I was picking the fumble up. The running back came across, and I caught a thigh right in the in the side of my, like a knee lift, like a Mr. Wrestler number two knee lift there. Uh, a knee lift. And at the same time, I caught the knee lift. The quarterback was coming down on the back of me and they had the uh they didn't have but like the two bars back then and the and I didn't wear neck pads or anything like neck braces or anything. So his face mask hit me in the back of the neck and I caught the knee lift about the same time going down and uh Ooh. I got up and uh walked to the I kinda of walked to the they told me I kinda of walked to the huddle. I don't know and then I just went and walked back. I was playing defensive end and stood on the end over there. <laughs> and then my mom again, she knew something was wrong. Never came to a football game in her damn life. That's the only game she came to and Apparently she was screaming in the stands and came down there and started screaming at the coach and saying there's something wrong with him. And they, uh, I guess it was, I woke up in an ambulance, they were cutting my jerseys off, my jersey off and everything. And then, you know, but I wasn't in the hospital very long. I only wore the neck brace about, uh, I think I wore it nine months or something like that. Oh, wow. then, uh, That's a long yeah. time. So she, so she <laughs> yeah. started the concussion protocol. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine she sounded a lot like she did in that chair when she was yelling at the ring. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I grew up quick. And then um, 
I was actually looking for a better construction job. I was working construction uh, and uh, it was 17, 17 at the time. And uh, I saw an ad, it said, become a professional wrestler and make big money on the weekends. And I thought, well, hell, I'll go do that. <laughs> I went down there and I just sold the stock car. I had, I had a few hundred dollars left. And I went down there and it was Boris Malenko, uh, uh, Dean Malenko's dad. And he was giving a tour. And uh, I remember he, he took us around. It was a racquetball court. And now, this is, is this in Tampa or, or South Florida? This was uh, South Florida. He was splitting time. He was doing, uh, he was doing uh, a week. He was doing the weekdays in South Florida. And he was going home to Tampa on the weekends. So, like, so eventually when I started training, I ended up training uh, Monday through Thursday in South Florida. And then Friday, I'd get in the car and drive to Tampa and then train Saturday, Sunday. Cause I trained with Gotcha's son-in-law. Uh, I, I always get his name wrong. Masama, Masa, uh, yeah. Carl Gotcha's son-in-law. I trained for the UWF originally too. I trained for them on Sundays up there in Tampa. But, but he gave me a tour around and I remember sizing everybody up. I seen people, a couple people had a black eye. And I was thinking to myself, well, I, I, got, a, I got a fighting chance here. Were, were, there, were there any guys that, that made it from that group uh, beside you? No, no. Uh, there was a guy that was already had already done some time in WWE. Uh, you probably remember he passed away not too long ago. Was, uh, he actually took me under his wing. I don't know why this crazy son of a bitch took me under his wing. Called Corporal Kirshner. Oh yeah, oh yeah, good guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He would come around. He was already trained, and I think he'd already had a WWE run. But he'd come along in there and just start beating the shit out of me. But I don't. Nobody really came up out of there. Uh, Boris Malenko was a trainer. Rusty Brooks. Remember Rusty Brooks? Rusty, Rusty. Yeah, he helped yeah, me a lot. Yeah. yeah, and uh, Doctor Red Roberts was another yeah, I remember Red trainer too. there. Yeah, yeah. So those are the ones that I trained under in Florida, right there. Yeah. How How old was uh, Dean and uh, Jody at this time? Were they around? No, they weren't around, and I, I don't think their dad trained them. I, I think uh, I don't know who trained them. I want to say God trained. Well, them. God, sure God, God trained Jody. I'm not sure who yeah. trained uh, about Dean though. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think he was trained. <laughs> they weren't around till later. Because uh, then I, I trained there, and then I got a chance to go to Calgary. Then I trained in the dungeon for a while in Calgary. Well, and after, tell us a little bit like that. Was Stu everything that uh, people would say? <laughs> you, you come, you coming from Malenko though. You have, you do how to defend yourself. Right, but he I, he didn't come down in the dungeon when I was there. He got me at the damn Sunday dinner. <laughs> <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah. So he got me a Sunday dinner. He said, uh, uh, I, he never came down in the dungeon. And I was always worried. And, and, and every day when I had to go there, I was mentally prepared and like, oh, shit, this is the day it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. But he never came down. And I was there one Sunday for dinner. And uh, he came over. He was coming down the steps. Have you ever been in the living room? You know, the stairs come down there. And, uh, and he says, ah, so you're that, uh, that, that American big bastard that's saying something. You know, <laughs> he comes down. You know, he, he'd come here, he, he lures me in closer to him. And, he, and then he asked me, he says, what's, what are you working on down there? And I said, uh, I was working, working on punches with Bruce. We were working on punches today. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you can cuss on here or not, but uh, he, uh, he, he was pretty much said, uh, Bruce punches like a pussy. <laughs> and he says, come here, let me show you how to punch. And he, he grabs me and he fish hooks me and turns my head to the side. And he's standing on the staircase. I'm looking up at him. So he turns my head to the side and got me hooked. And he just takes his knuckle and he shears that back tooth off. Right <laughs> really? It didn't come out. Yeah, it didn't come out that night. Uh, I was like, oh, good one, Stu. Good one. And he goes, ah. And he comes down the stairs and uh, he didn't say anything else to me. And uh, I got through dinner 
And then uh, later, later on, uh, I kept touching the tooth with my tongue, and it just it was sheared right off at the gum line. <laughs> it just so wiggled right off there. And some bitch, he knocked my tooth out with that knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> he hooked me, fish hooked That's me great. in my face like that. Turns out he fished, he hit me with his knuckle and just sheared that tooth off right there. <laughs> so I always say. <laughs> Yeah, it always reminded me when a guy goes to Porky, he's like, I got the pig too. Those uh, two got my tooth, yeah. man. <laughs> well, well, back back in Florida with with uh, Malenko, he, he, was he the uh, uh, trainer like like Matt Suda would like the trainer where Matt Suda would wrestle the hell out of him? How, what was what was what was uh, Malenko's uh, style of training? In other words, well, it wasn't it, it wasn't as hardcore as Matt Suda and him. I mean, maybe we did. Maybe we did 300 squats, 300 push-ups, mostly 10 and ones. You know, you do uh, 10 squats, nine, nine, nine uh, push-ups, and then change it down. You know, eight, to seven, uh, so on and so on. You go up back and forth, 10 and ones. But uh, just he's a big believer, even in, in the deck of cards. With right, yeah. You warm up with squats and push-ups and crunches. You can mix it up, but definitely the squats. A lot, a lot of squatting. But um, then we just wrestled. I, I think, I think he got in that. Uh, or that point where he figured like, you know, you're wasting, you know, you needed to be in shape on your own. It, it was time to train. And, right. and, in, and uh, back then they'd give you all the movesets. They didn't necessarily explain why you were doing them or anything. You had to go figure all that out. So uh, like where wrestling has evolved so much now, wrestling training has evolved so much now, like where you, you go there and you're breaking down footwork and how to move and everything, but they just expected you to figure it out. They, right, here you go. This is a headlock pick or this is a winglock pick or this is a top wrist lock. This is a, um, a Mexican hand and knee. This is a double wrist lock. What, what were they teaching about being loose? Were they teaching you the work or was they tight, tight in the ring? Because some of those old time trainers, man, they get, uh, get you in a headlock and squeeze the hell out of it. Take uh, it he, he was a little older, so he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't stretching you too much uh, like that. Yeah. But then I had people like Kirshner that would come through there, right. some of the ones that have already had all that done to them. And uh, like, I, I remember the first day Kirshner came in, there was, they had two classes. There was a beginning class. And then there was an advanced class. And uh, so I would hang around and watch. I would do the beginning class and I'd hang around. And uh, it, it took, you know, three weeks into my training before I figured out it was a work anyway. <laughs> you know, Gangra, you know what's I went funny? In there, I, I broke in the same way. I trained with Brad Ryan up in Minnesota. <laughs> and Brad never abused me, nothing. Brad was wonderful, wonderful guy. But it's yeah. funny because I was he never smartened me up. You know, and people, yeah. and people now don't really understand that. You know, you're you're taught the moves, you're taught the headlocks, the takeovers, the suplexes yeah. and stuff, but you're never really taught that it's a work. And uh, it's yeah. funny how that, yeah. that that training can can go that way. And basically, you just kind of learn on your own. It's kind of the light bulb, you know, keeps getting brighter and brighter and brighter in the head. That okay, this will work, this will work, that's a work. But it's funny how that how that training has evolved so much. Yeah, because then, then not on top of that, you had to get somebody, you had to get booked somewhere and then get on the road and figure out how to survive it because they were all burying you in some kind of way so you figured it out, you know, your footwork, being in the right place at the right time, slow is smooth, smooth is fast, you know, it's not about being fast and running all over the place and blowing yourself up. And it, yeah, training has evolved so much and, and I'm grateful for it, but I don't believe there's enough schools training people the right way, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so why did you, you train with Malenko, but then you went up and also trained in the dungeon. Why did you end up training in the dungeon also? Well, because went up there, I got booked there, and then they said, ah, oh, well, you, you got to retrain. Like, <laughs> 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 they thought she was one of those shooters. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, so you got to retrain. You got to you got to come and show up. So I had to show up at the dungeon every morning and train in the dungeon and uh, uh, do a lot of cardio stuff. I went there about, I think I, I went there 210, maybe 220. But when I came home from Calgary, I was like 199 pounds from, from all the cardio and the cardio and the cardio. He had an old uh, St. Peter's treadmill there, a free, freewheeling treadmill. And he would sit there and have you roll. Yeah, Bruce Hart, he's a river. He'd have you roll your shorts up and he'd have a switch. And you, just, you, had to, you had to sprint full out for a minute. You know, and if you fell back on a little bit, he would whelp the back of your legs with it, right? And then you, you would, then you would, uh, you'd hop off and rest 15 seconds or 30 or whatever it was, and you would sprint that full minute, just a series of explosions and explosions. And then, you know, the hill, they would take you outside and, and get a partner, and then you had to run down the hill and then wheelbarrow up. You hold your partner's legs, and you got to walk on your hands all the way up the hill, and then you had to run down the hill, up, down the hill, and up, and down the hill. And when you were done with all that, you'd go eat lunch. And then if you had time, if it wasn't too long of a road trip, you had to go to the ring at the pavilion and train. And then, you know, there was a lot of, so you want to be a top rope guy. So they'd make you stand on the top rope and, and do like, people would hit the ropes while you're standing in the corner. And then when they holler at you, you had to do like a, a splash, you know, flat, land it out in the center of the ring and hurry up back up to the top rope. And that would just go on for like an hour, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, I, I think it was just, really seeing if you really wanted it, you know, but at the same time, I, 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 I'm so appreciative for it because it, it really, you either, you either lose your mind or you become a great, a good wrestler or you, or you become a serial killer. Had you had many matches at that time or? Uh, yeah, well, I was working in, in South Florida a lot, but that was the first territory I went to. Okay. So who, who, who I, after you, after you left, who was your first actually entering match that you had, if you remember? In ring match, I, I don't know. It was a lot of students and stuff like that, and little okay. things. But the first uh, match was was Red Roberts. I worked at a Davy okay. Rodeo Arena. Uh, it was like a TV for Global Championship Wrestling. Uh -huh. That Global that was out of South right. Florida. Yeah. That first high def television. Yeah. That was my first actual TV match. And then then there were so many in Florida Championship Wrestling from there on out. I don't know. Was it a Tuesday night? I think you would go there. Right. For that? Yeah. Uh, did you drive up and get the hell kicked out of you? I, you couldn't have convinced me it wasn't a work there. It wasn't going to shoot there. <laughs> yeah. How old were you at that time? Uh, 17 is when I started. I, and then I got right before I turned 18, I had my first match. And then then, from, then, then pretty much 18, I was working all the time, like so all over. Did, and up did, you, did, you, did you finish school? Did At that point, did you just, when you're on your own, did you quit going to school? <laughs> You know, no, when I when I had the kid coming, I went out and just got a GED right away. So yeah. just got a job, just went out there and started life. So I didn't have much of a childhood. Up to 13, it was great. And then everything <laughs> just changed. It just all changed. But then, so then when I started wrestling, I think I lived my teen years out again for the next 30 years. <laughs> yeah, we all turn into teenagers once we get on the road. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we still well, do. I, 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 uh, it didn't help. I, I was 18 when I met Luna. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so or 19. Yeah, I was 19. I was 19. I think uh, first. Who actually got you up at up in Calgary? That's, that's quite a culture move from uh, Florida to Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Yeah. Uh, well, it was the guy I was tagging with named Tom. He had originally went up there uh, to work. He was a big Owen Hart fan, and and I, we used to watch a lot of tapes and Stampede. We watched a lot of Stampede wrestling. He was a big fan of Owen, and somehow I don't know how he got booked up there, but he went up there and they beat the shit out of him. They ribbed him. They they did say horrible horrible things to him. And uh, he came home right away. He was up there like a month or two. Came home, and then um, 
he wanted to go back, but he wanted to go back as a tag. I guess he was afraid to go back by himself, but he, he just really wanted to go. So, so <laughs> I went up there, and then when I spent, spent some time up there, I, I got why they ripped him. <laughs> I, I understood it 100%. You know, he, he would stooge on people and stuff. You know, Ross. Uh, Owen was coming back. We were training at the Pavilion, for example, and uh, Owen was coming back in from WWE. He just had a run, and, and then there was like Kenny Johnson and Ben Basterab was hanging around. I don't know if you know any of those guys, uh, Ben Basterab, but uh, they were all training, and um, it, the rumor was Owen was coming back. So then, so then Kenny started going on, "Oh, we'll never get pushed." And uh, he started burying everything. And of course, my partner went right off to to Bruce and Bruce Hart and Ross and all them and said, "All oh, these guys burying yourself." We get the TVs and they go, Dave, can you step in the shower, please? And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> I get in there and he goes, so we hear uh, these people are saying something about Owen, blah, blah, blah. I said, I didn't hear shit. I didn't hear anything. And he goes, are you sure? I go, yeah, I'm positive. And then when I left out of there, uh, I, I told my partner, you fucking, I'm going to kill you, man. <laughs> it was Tom. You know, he, he just, he just, and now I see, and then the ribbon just started on him after that again. It just started like the rib on me in Calgary. I, I did get ribbed. Don't get me wrong. I got ribbed in the fact that they paid me $50 a week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was part of the reason I was 199 pounds on top of all that cardio. <laughs> $50 a week? Yes. And then when I was wow. leaving, when I was leaving, I, I told him I was quitting. It was right before we we're supposed to win the, uh, the whatever the uh, belts were there, the tag belts. And uh, I was leaving. And of course, my partner ratted me out too. I'd already bought a Greyhound oh. ticket. And I, I'm out of here. Because I told everything to go to Calgary. And I still had a, a, a kid to feed and a whole family thing going on at home. I said, I got to go, man. And uh, he, he stooged me out. And, and then they, they sent the manager over called Ben Ryan. And uh, he had he had, a, he had a, a handful of money. I don't know how much. He goes, oh, here, here's your batch money. Hey, hey don't go. Just stay. <laughs> And uh, if I know what I know now, I probably would have took the money and still left on the Greyhound. But <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't. But uh, I get along wonderfully with all the Hart family, you know, even uh, all of them, all the way down to Teddy Hart. <laughs> like, I, I get along with them all. And, uh, and, and uh, like when Natalia, she goes, oh, it was so great to meet you when I first met her. She goes, you're the only one in my family that, that the whole family agrees on liking. Nobody buries you. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> but I think it comes down to the fact that I didn't rat anybody out. And I, I didn't take the money. I stuck to my guns and left. You know, I just just did what I had to do. And uh, but I was grateful for that training. I, I, I am so glad I did it. You, you, you said you got along with all the hearts. Can you name every one of the hearts? Oh, no. Smith, <laughs> Ross, Bruce. <laughs> Jerry, the hearts can't name all the hearts. The hearts can't name them. They had sisters living in in the, the adjacent thing, and there's so many of them, no. so many of them. Yeah, but uh, no, but it was a, a tremendous experience, and uh, and, I, and I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for all the training I got in, in different ways. So. You know, we look we look back on that silliness that we all went through. We all went through some really really silliness getting into this business, and. Yeah. You know, it's near and dear to all of us because it's, it was such a valuable learning experience. And it's something, you know, none of us had ever had, you know, John and I, college athletes, come into a world like this, and it, it's so helter-skelter. But all, all there, as you go along, all that madness starts to come into focus, why you were trained like that. And because it's stuff that you run into out on the road in a situation you run into in a ring, and they want you prepared for all of that stuff. I, it truly, people, there's, and you know, and I'm not knocking the, 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 the process of the, the, the business now and where it's at, 
but they're not they're not mentally prepared to, to be a part of what what it, it, this whole industry can be and the total it'll take on your body and the traveling and uh yeah, mental mentally you have to be so so ment- mentally strong and 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 okay with yourself or you'll be eaten alive <laughs> and uh so it, it just I, I don't regret anything that's ever happened to me. I, I'm grateful for it all. And I, and I tell people all the time that uh, pro wrestling owes me nothing. I owe pro wrestling everything. I was just a washed out kid that took a wrong turn uh, way early in life. And, and, uh, and I found a, a place in a home of pro wrestling. Granted, my run, uh, you know, John, JBL had such a great buildup. I, I wish my career really was that sounded that good. You know, iconic. Was that good? I was there. I, <laughs> it was, was that good. You're being, you're being too <laughs> modest. Your, your career is great. You know, it's funny because certain characters are remembered forever. You're remembered forever. That's an incredible legacy. Yeah, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. That was like a perfect storm of everything. The, the entrance, the, the fire, the music, uh, being different at the time, uh, Standing out, I was terrified to do that. Luna talked to me into doing the whole vampire thing. Wow. We were sitting around watching watching the Lost Boys one day, having a baloney blowout on a Sunday, <laughs> and uh, watching the Lost Boys. And I and I said, I'd be kind of cool to wrestle as a vampire. She goes, You said vampire. You should, you should, you should, you should. <laughs> she called me David back then. It wasn't vampire. Yet. She goes, You should. I go, Oh no 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 no. You you, know, you can't do a you can't be a vampire for wrestling. <laughs> no. And no, get killed. Like that <laughs> like, doesn't make any sense. And. uh and it, it just, and it all happened by accident. That happened, and I ran into a fellow named Barabbas. Uh, he was booking, helping book in Puerto Rico right after the Brody thing. And uh, after that after that went down, they opened the opposition there, and he was helping book stuff, and they're getting ready to run a show. And he walked up to me. He ran to me out, and he goes, hey, man, you look like a pro wrestler. You know, you're being a young guy trying to find you. Well, I am. And he goes, oh, I booked down in Puerto Rico. What was your character? And I just split up. With my partner and that whole thing, I had, wasn't going back to Japan. He got another partner. They were going back, and uh, I, I don't know where I, I was thinking Puerto Rico. Uh, it's called blood violence. I said I wrestled as a vampire, and he goes, "Oh, that's great!" <laughs> so I had to figure out, "Oh shit!" You know, he goes, you got any? You got any pictures or anything? Because back then you had to fill out the picture or send the tape in or something like that. So I said, uh, "No, at home I got some." So I, I quick ran home, and I was Luna at the time, and. Um, I said, I, I, you heard of this guy, Barabbas? She goes, yeah, I've heard of Barabbas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so, yeah, I go, I told him I wrestled as a vampire. I said, well, we better figure it out, you know? So <laughs> took some leaf, took, took some leaf press on nails and uh, sized them up to my teeth and <laughs> cut, cut them into a fang shape, painted them the same color as the teeth were and super glued them on. That's why I have so much brain damage, I think. I super glued these teeth on for like, I don't know how many years. How that, long did they stay glued on? Them on it. They would stay on. Uh, they would stay on all night if I left them. But if you picked at them, they eventually come off. But, but every time I put them on, I feel my throat burn and my nose, and I get that. <laughs> it was getting high every night, so I, uh, I I super glued them on. They had the, the fangs, and then uh, I had a mohawk at the time or a skullet, kind of like knobs. Like that's why I got rid of it because I looked too much like knobs when I gained weight. I didn't want to look. They want to be mixed up with and compared to knobs. So I, like, uh, I, but I, I, stood the mo- I stood the mohawk up and I found this thing and I painted these like Kevin Sullivan looking weird eyebrows on and took, took a picture and ran out to the Eckerds or whatever it was, the right aid and got the, the photos developed and met him the next day. And he goes, oh, this is perfect. And then um, he goes, you got to fill the back of it out. So when I went to fill it out, he goes, no, no, no. Cause I put like six, two. And then, um, you know, I put all my actual stats. He goes, no, no, no. And it, it, you got to put like six, four like, and, and he put the weight up like 40, 50 pounds and put the weight up. I'm like, what, are you sure? Like, he's like, 
Yeah, he goes, I'm going to give him. And he, he took the photo down there and he, he gave it to him. And sure enough, two weeks later, I got a phone call on my answer machine. This, this, is, after, this is after your Calgary run? This is after Stampede? Uh, yeah, this was after Stampede. So this is like uh, right after the Brody thing happened. This was like 90? Right, 90, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they opened up opposition. They had that company open up opposite right. uh, Capital. Yeah. You had, gone to Japan. you had gone to Japan at that time? No, I, I was all. I had been to all Japan twice, and then uh, and then I was getting ready to go back uh, to uh, IWA. I went as IWA after that. What what happened over there, David? And, and did they bring uh, some karate guy in to try to? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What was karate that story? <laughs> oh my goodness, that was uh, that's years down. So I started in all Japan under mask, and I uh, did two tours for all Japan. I had a fallen out with my partner. He went back with another partner and he got beat up. I don't know if you ever seen the, uh, you ever see that one nasty chair shot Stan Hansen does on, on the guy in a black mask? Or the, uh, I don't know if you ever seen it. It's so nasty. It, it's worth watching. It, it like, it's like the Beverly Hillbillies when they, when they shoot the ground and the oil crews up through the mask. <laughs> it's, it's like boiling, boiling. So I had a fallen out. He went back, got beat up. I went down to Puerto Rico and then I started doing a thing. Uh, I met Victor Quinones there. So it, he was part of a, uh, you, uh, you know Victor, he right, was, uh, yeah. Victor Kinos, right? So he was part of IWA. He's one of the owners and this other fellow, Osano, right? So uh, they were a little like, whatever. They were, uh, I know Osano, the owner of the company, he was gay. Like Victor, I heard stories, but I didn't think much of it. So I'm over there on the tour. And this is when I'm drinking and, and I was taking a lot of things called like, Halcyon. I was taking a lot of Halcyon. Yeah, so. I remember those. So, uh, Some I, I was sitting out. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard of it. For, for whatever reason, I had some kind of tolerance to him, and I enjoyed him. Right? Oh, oh. So, <laughs> and uh, I, I think they would kill me now. I don't even know if they make them now anymore. But uh, so it was out with Victor, and you know, I was drinking, and I was I was taking house on and everything, and I'm having a good time. And he was just asking me some of the strangest stuff. He's like, "I bet Luna really likes that curly hair," and I'm like. Uh, yeah, sure she does. I don't know. I wasn't even thinking nothing of it. I'm like, this guy's strange, man. Like, you know, it's like my first time sitting out with him. And then uh, he kept, his face kept, uh, I thought he was having like a spasm or something. Kept closing his eye and twisting his head. He would say weird, something strange and offbeat. And I go, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Like, some kind of like Bell's palsy. I didn't know what it was. I'm like, I, I didn't know what was going on with him. Uh, and then, uh, so I just keep drinking now. So now we, we go to head back. Doug Gilbert was there, Miguelito Perez. There was a few other guys in the uh, in this elevator. So we go to get in the elevator, and I go to push the floor. Now, granted, I was wearing Zubat pants, but we're like into like the third week of the tour. So my underwear were hanging hanging in the room drying. So I was out commando in these pants with the Zubas. And uh, uh, as I pushed the button, Victor perfectly grabbed my ass, and his finger penetrated my butthole, man. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Through those Zubas, and I spun around naturally and grabbed him by his throat, and I had him up uh, against the elevator wall, and I was, I then it, it all came to me all night that that spasms he was having, he was winking at me, the curly hair remarks. I go, oh my god, this guy's been flirting with me all night. <laughs> so so I'm kind of laughing, and, and Doug Gilbert and him are, and uh, or Miguelito Perez actually was like, amigo, you got to put him down. He, he's drunk. He's drunk. He's drunk. Let him go. Cause I had him by the throat. But I was laughing. I was thinking all night, this guy's been flirting with me. And then, so I wasn't even mad at this point. Like I, I let him down and uh, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was like super drunk and wasted it. And uh, he gave me a bunch of uh, 
phone cards, like the bootleg phone cards to make up for it. They kept sending stuff to my room. I'm going, man, he's going over the top with this, but whatever. Like, I, I really was over it. It was like all night he was struggling, but I didn't get it because I was I was drinking to take it, so I didn't catch on to it. So I, I didn't, it wasn't funny. I didn't want it to happen, but I wasn't mad about it. I was just like, whatever. So, because uh, I grabbed him by the throat and all that, you know, and I felt bad about that. Because I got a little bit of a temper when it goes. and uh, But I, I let him down. It's like uh, the next night, every night, Victor came to me, and he, he would have me go over every night, like, really fast on, like, uh, the Leather Faces and the Freddy Kruegers. IWA was like a monster company, so I was working as a vampire. And uh, I thought it was strange I was going over every night. But the, then that, that, that night after this happened, the next night, they sent uh, Miguelito Perez over. Migo, you make job tonight. I'm like, sure. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll make a job. I don't care. I was surprised I was going over anyway. <laughs> you know, who cares as long as I'm getting paid. Uh, and then and he, he pointed out to a, a ring crew guy. Uh, the guy was a Spanish guy in Japan, but he had scars all over him. I go, can he wrestle? You got a problem, amigo? I go, no, I don't have a problem. He's asking, can you wrestle? Do you have a problem? I go, no, no problem. Then he goes, 15 minutes. I go, 15 minutes? <laughs> he goes, you got a problem, amigo? Uh, like he was like trying, to, like trying to intimidate me. I go, no, I don't have a problem, but can he wrestle? Do you have a problem, amigo? No, man, I don't have a problem. So I go in there, and uh, for 14 minutes, now this isn't the karate guy. We'll get to the karate guy. But for 14 minutes, I beat this poor bastard up for 14 minutes. I'm just pumping him. I'm picking him up, back up, and I'm hitting him, and he's falling down. And about 14 minutes in, I go, hit me, hit me. And, and I realized the guy didn't really even speak English. Then I finally said, peg him, peg him. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, he swings a punch. It was so, like, phantom and weak. It probably missed me by, by six inches or a foot. Who knows? I mean, it, it was obvious. And I did just a nasty, like, back bump, just – I just timbered like, boom. <laughs> and you could have heard that, that arena and it was full. Uh, it was like crickets when you heard one, two, three, and he pinned me. And, and uh, it was just quiet. It was like very quiet. I walked all the way so to the wait, back. You, the you did the thing. job up a phantom punch. Yeah. <laughs> Tremendous. Tremendous. I beat him up for 14 minutes, 14 minutes and did the phantom punch job. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So I get to the back and there's a, uh, guy Ricky Leatherface, Ricky uh, Patterson out of Texas. He's a big Canadian guy who works his Leatherface, not Kirshner, but uh, the other one. And uh, he's like, "Oh, what are you gonna do? You just exposed everything." I go, right, what, are, "What do you What do you want me to do?" He goes, "Oh, are you, are you scared? Are you worried?" I go, "No." <laughs> like, I go, "We'll find out tomorrow." Like, because nobody was talking to me. And then the next day, I was back over again. Like, that'd be going back over. So, so the, the tour is finishing up, and it's Corrigan Hall, and. Uh, we're sitting in there and they have the board up. They, they didn't put any matches up. Then uh, I'm like, I wonder what's going on tonight. And then they finally put the, the card up. It's the karate versus wrestling. Now everybody else's name was filled in everywhere and the rest of the thing. But this was like the opening match to karate versus wrestling. I go, well, karate versus wrestling. I, I was wrestling as a vampire then. There wasn't a whole lot of wrestling. It was kind of gimmick and brawling, but karate versus wrestling. So uh, I go around and I ask one of the young boys, like, oh, it's, it's me, like me, as in me. And uh, I go, oh, and I see Victor sitting with Osano, the owner. They're all over on the other side of the arena. So I'm in the ring kind of, you know, hanging out for the show. So I ask him, hey, um, maybe they want to go uh, talk about this. Uh, maybe he'll catch you with a kick right out the gate. You know, I don't know. I'm just trying to make talk. Uh, I'll get up at the nine town. He'll come at me and I'll catch a submission. I don't know. I'm trying to make the best of it. I haven't figured out that this is a, uh, I was being set up or nothing. yet, You know, so, and then I see him go over there. 
and he's telling it to him, and it just looked like Jane Jonah Jameson in the old Superman cartoons when he laughed. They were smoking cigars. You could see the rings, the rings of smoke going up. They're like, ah, ah, ah. So he comes back, and he, and he goes, Davidson, maybe trouble, bite. <laughs> he left, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> maybe trouble. <laughs> so, and then Ricky, uh, the other guy was there, that uh, Leatherface guy, he goes, oh, it sounds like you're in trouble tonight. What are you going to do? I go, well, I'm in Japan. I'm certainly not running. <laughs> I go, I go, uh, I, go I, I don't know. He goes, I think it's got to be a shoot. So, like, he's getting me all G'd up about it being a, a shoot or something. I'm like, and nobody's talked to me. Nobody's come over to give me any finish. And, and, and the, the, the show started, this first match. So, my music goes. Uh, and I head out to the ring. So, I, I get out there. And, and I'm, in, I'm in my corner like a little... Uh, I picture it felt like I was a little cuckoo clock, you know, the little things where they walk back and forth. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I look and I see all the guys, you know, all the, all the American or the foreign guys out on the wall. And I'm like, oh, I, yeah, that's not a good sign. And then this so, guy's music. Have you talked to the karate guy at all? No, no, no. Talked to nobody. So you don't have, a finish, you don't have a finish nothing? Nothing. Just them laughing when the young boy went over to talk, talk to them. Just, just a cigar smoked and rings and laughing. And like, oh. So when this guy's music hit, it was like a Showtime boxing pay-per-view or something. Like, I don't know. They were like, oh, oh, oh. everybody knew who this guy was. He was getting streamers before he got to the ring. He was getting streamers on the way to the ring. I'm like, who is this guy, you know? And uh, he gets in, and he's a bigger guy, like 6'3". Not, not too much bigger than me, but he looked like a giant to me because I didn't know what the hell was going on. And he didn't talk to me. He's in there, and he's just, he's just warming up. And I'm just sitting in my corner, and I look, and all the Japanese guys are out on the thing. Like, they never come out, like, out to watch a match. I'm like, oh, man, this is, this is not good. <laughs> you know? But I'm still, still kind of like, do I wrestle? What do I do? I don't know. So the bell rings, and this guy just kind of walks up calmly right to the center of the ring. And for the life of me, I don't know why I did this. I went to tie up. <laughs> I, go, I go to come in uh, and tie up. But before I could do anything, it was like, wow. I, I just, got my, just got my foot lifted off the ground to kind of defend the kick, but he caught me my knee hard. I was like, oh. And I kind of crumbled on that, my left knee. I kind of went down. And the next kick was coming, and uh, I was already leaning. He was coming in, and I thought I could get my – it was so fast. I thought I could get my elbow down in time, but he, he popped it in and out. I was like, oh, it knocked the wind out of me. Uh, he didn't break my ribs, but he bruised them really bad. So I went down to a knee and an elbow. And uh, the uh, the rest of it was told to me by uh, uh, Ricky, the uh, Leatherface. He tells me the rest of it. He goes, and he goes, oh. And then I remember seeing it. What I remember seeing of it was I was looking at him, and it was in slow motion. I could see the sweat dripping off him in slow motion. And he's gearing up, and he's coming with a kick to the head. So I guess he comes in with that kick to the head. I couldn't lift. I couldn't get my arm up in time for that either. He was so fast. And he, 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 uh, he picked me. And, and, and Ricky, when he's telling me about it, he starts laughing. He goes, he says, it looked like somebody put a shotgun under you and, and pumped it and just shot you under the chin. He said, I blew up and my back hit the corner. And he said, before, before my arms dropped, they, my arms never dropped. He said, I turned purple and grew three sizes and came out. <laughs> <laughs> And I, and I just knocked him out. I knocked him out. And then, then I proceeded to uh, uh, pick him up. They, they said I was running and trying to break his neck into the ground. <laughs> and then he was like, he's unconscious. And I was laying on him. And I hooked a reverse dragon sleeper. And I was bridging back, trying to break his neck. And they said, it was, uh, camera people came in, referees, everybody's trying to pry my hands off. <laughs> but yeah, it turns out he was some 
some big deal, like medalist or something. There's video somewhere. People keep telling me they're going to give it to me. People have seen the video. So, because I start questioning, is this a big fish tale I tell? And, and then I ask people back and they go, no, 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 it happened. <laughs> so, what happened afterwards? Uh, what happened after? So, I'm back there and uh, what I remember is they're looking in my eyes with these lights, <laughs> these oh. guys there. And, um, and then I go, oh, and then it was like, uh, like, I guess I was blacked out, like, just in some other ah, frame of mind or something. And uh, no, nobody talked to me, nothing. They sent some stranger over to pay me. <laughs> it, was <the> last, <laughs> it was the last night. So I was going to Korea the next day for a two-week tour over there. So uh, this guy, I believe, was Korean, too. Uh, so nobody talked to me, nothing. The guy got paid, and uh, Ricky, he, I, this is going to sound racist as hell, but he's like, oh, finally, a white neck. Kill the yellow man. <laughs> he's like, I'm so tired of getting my ass kicked over here. <laughs> so he was celebrating. I'm like, well, I, I'm not even sure what happened. I'm thinking I just got my ass whipped, you know, because <laughs> like, I, I was groggy. Like, because those three kicks were the fastest I've ever been kicked, you know. <laughs> the only person that hit me that fast one other time was Tyree Pride. I don't know, you remember Tyree Pride? <laughs> uh, the, the Pride of Pride of Bahamas. Oh shit, he hit me. He hit me so fast on it. We're working uh, the Mikasuki. I got banned off the Mikasuki. I got banned. <laughs> I was. I got ended up. They ended up uh, holding me for assault on federal marshals and citing a riot. I beat the shit out of Tyree when he did that. <laughs> were you over in the Bahamas or where? <laughs> no, down on the Mikasuki Reservation oh. down there in Florida. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got banned. They told me, never come back. <laughs> never come back. You get banned on the Indian Reservation, you've done something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've gone back. I've gone back and reference Some of the, a uh, couple of the kids came to my school to train, uh, and they go, hey, uh, we were there when you got arrested that night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tyree tried to stab me. Like, like the Tyree thing was. Uh... Also, back, back to the karate thing. I'm sorry. So I went to Korea for two weeks, and then I had to come back and finish a tour with them. IWA. I had another tour, so I would do Japan, then I'd go to Korea, and then I'd come back and do Japan again. But you had a week. I had to wait a week for the tour to start. So I came back. They never called me. They kept calling Ricky the next door. I go, is he calling you? Is Victor calling? He goes, yeah. He keeps asking if you're still mad. I go, I'm not mad. He's, he's got to give me per. I need my per diems when I'm going home. I said, tell him to call me. And like three days went by and he never called me. And I'd hear his phone ring every time. I go, did he just call you? He goes, yeah, he called me. He asked if you're still mad. But he never came over and paid me my per diem. I just jumped on a bus in there, Rita, and flew home. And then uh, later, I went back to work for him. Like a year or two later, like nothing happened. Like, like, he never brought it up. I mean, he set you up in a shoot and didn't tell you uh, about it. No, he never brought it up. And then, then uh, like, I, when I tell the story, Bushwhacker Luke, you know Bushwhacker, right? right. Yeah. So I'm, and Luke, Luke looked at me and said, mate, I think you're full of shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I said, where are you at? He goes, I'm in Puerto Rico. I said, all right. So is Miguelito there? He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, go ask him about that story. Because Miguelito, I think, was instrumental in, in, in all setting this up too and uh like a week later luke called me up and says mate remind me not to fuck with you because <laughs> 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 oh yeah so yeah no no never mentioned again no 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 talk of it at all just wrestling so when, right, right before <laughs> the match when you're sitting in the dressing room you never talk to this guy you obviously you, you thought it might be a shoot it might not be a shoot you had no idea i was confused yeah and for some strange reason i still tried to tie up at that point, I known I knew it was a shoot, and I still tried to tie up. Got three damn kicks to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. It gave me a good. It gave me a good streak credit all the way up to uh, like I went back to all Japan and uh, uh, 
98, I went back to all Japan. Actually, I did the Funkin' Dojo, like for WWE or whatever, when Dory had the dojo there, right. they, they had you come in and look. And I, I did that, but then I had a tour of all Japan and I went back and just worked as David Heat, just boots. I got in good shape, lost all the weight and stuff. And um, I was over there and I, and I went back and uh, Masao and Kawada, they, they were training with Masawa mostly, and he goes, oh, no more fat boy, Okama <laughs> champion. They were like, because they, they were all joking about it. So it gave me street credit all the way, all the way through all Japan. They treated me totally different after that, like all the <laughs> Japanese guys. Hell, I didn't even know they spoke English my first trip over there. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought they hated me, and they thought my head had a target on it when it was sticking it, you know? <laughs> hey, who, who did you work for in uh, Korea? Was that Lee Wan Pyo? Yeah, the, he was a, like a big karate guy or something, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. I worked with Lee Wan. Me and Booker both went over there when we first started. Worked with Lee Wan Pio. He stays yeah. still Booker Spinner Rooney and wouldn't yeah. let Booker do it. <laughs> but true story. He got him in the dojo. Whatever main event was his. I lost the Korean championship like eighteen straight nights. And I, I never won it. Now, now, John, John, what did he do? He, he took he took the spinner Rooney from Booker T. Booker T was doing the spinner Rooney at that yeah, time. Yeah. So every night I'm putting Lee Won Pyo over. You know, I got I walked yeah. over the Korean championship and I lose the championship to him. You know, it was that mi mysterious, right. you know, Rio yeah. tournament, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Sonny Rods or something, yeah. you know, yeah. like, like Pat Patterson did with the yeah. intercontinental title. And Booker was doing the spinner Rooney, and the Korean fans were going nuts over. I mean, nuts over it. They loved Booker. And so he, he had Booker show up in the dojo. All of us showed up and had Booker teach him the spin of Rooney. <laughs> and he stole it from him and told Booker not to do it. He told him he wouldn't let he, Booker do yeah. his own move. Wow. Yeah, uh, uh, he did that a lot with a lot of things in matches. Yeah. You were, he would tell people you can't do this and all you can't do the boss man stuff. <laughs> it was like right. yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah. would steal so, anything. Could he do it very good, or was it? No, <laughs> no. no, he couldn't work. Yeah, no, he, I, he, I, did, I, he did it like Vince McMahon done it. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, yeah, I shared the ring with him a lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, over there, that Korean trip though, that guy they were sponsored by the uh, uh, what do you like the mob or something, and something like something like yeah. that. They were sponsored, so they when, when the karate thing happened, I went to Korea. They took me out every night like a, like a, I was some kind of huge star because this happened. You know, the word traveled fast. Like I said, I had street credit Korea and Japan. So they're taking me out every night. And I'm eating every night in fancy, fancy restaurants, uh, eating this really good uh, tender beef. Like uh, that was Korean barbecue. And every night, like the, about the fifth night in, they said, what do you want? They took me out again and uh, like a sponsor type of deal. And, uh, but, you know, they were all like, mob or something whatever you want to call oh, them yeah, over yeah. there you know they're all bad all bad yeah, nubs. <laughs> so they would uh I, I was asking for the 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 meat the Korean, and they go the wolf wolf and i'm like what the wolf, wolf? <laughs> what are you talking about and they brought a picture out and she'll be like this baby husky this dog and I'm like, <laughs> dog. every night i've been eating dogs these bastards they're feeding it to me and i was enjoying it and then i asked for it last night he showed it to me and i was like Oh, I, I tried to no sell it, but inside I was going completely insane. I was living like like losing my mind, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, they would take uh, us to seaside resorts and they'd want to show off. So they they grab like the octopus, the small little you know squid they make in a calamari. They grab grab them out of the aquarium and eat them live. You know where the you know the things are going out. You know, and showing us you know oh. whatever you know just. Probably the same stuff we would do if we were in the states doing it yeah. to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I guess, but these bastards fed me dog every night. And then I was in denial about it. And then uh, somebody I was with, like, he liked a little bit of smoke. He liked the smoke. Well, did it taste like chicken? No, it tasted really good. Uh, I, it, uh, it, uh, tastes like, it tastes like, like a little, not gammy, but they had this really good <laughs> I hate the minute, but it tasted really good. It was good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you have, like, or, Labrador or Rottweiler? Husky, uh, husky. Uh, husky. Uh, baby Huskies, baby Huskies. All day Huskies, all day Huskies. Did you have barbecue sauce on it? Yeah, it had the, it was marinated. It was marinated, not barbecue. It was marinated. So what you need really is JR's barbecue sauce yeah. or chihuahua. <laughs> well, it was good enough that I willingly asked for it, but I didn't know it was dogged last night. That's, it didn't, but I, that's, a, that's I, a big seller in Oklahoma, John, at JR's barbecue for dogs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ate McDonald's after that for the rest of the trip. <laughs> <laughs> so you moved up to cat. Uh, I, I don't think I've eaten cat. I'm pretty sure I've eaten horse and goat in Japan. I'm not sure what Rebeer's steak is. I think it was horse meat. Put a lot of garlic on it. <laughs> you so know, Rebeer's steak isn't that good. No, no. It's, it's, it's just there's steak. no other American food. I, I love Rebeer's. I, I got two or three jackets. I love going yeah. to Rebeer's. They give you the corn and the steak. The steak is not that good. Oh. It's yeah, just load you've of been over there for it. three weeks and you haven't eaten any American food and it and it oh, tastes yeah. like it is the greatest beef ever. Well, Dave, yeah. Dave said hit hit their secret. They they smother in that garlic, man. Garlic, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I would just put more garlic on it. And I go, I don't know what I'm eating, but <laughs> so so you come back, you come back to the state here. That word, or did word, word, what was your progression there before you finally hit the? Did you go to WCW I, a little bit or what? So, so my route was, uh, so I started out 88 or whatever, doing, did some jobs, Florida Championship. Uh, who, who, who was running Florida Champ? Was that the Steve Kern, Dusty, and Mike uh, promotion? My, Dusty, Dusty, and Mike. Mike Grandma, Dusty for sure. Dusty was for a while there. And, uh, and, and Eddie, Mike, Ed, Eddie was gone by that time, right? Eddie was gone. Eddie was gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did the on, off and on. I did that kind of stuff. And then the, the, the territories that I got any kind of uh, movement or push in was first was Calgary. Then from Calgary, I went down to Puerto Rico, and then from Puerto Rico, I went to Memphis, USWA. And uh, and in between that, I was still like doing, uh, trying to get into WWF, of course, and stuff like that, and doing jobs. Had, had the Vampire had the Vampire Surface yet, or did that come? It later? did in '93, the Rookie of the Year thing. I had a tryout. There and I think uh, Vince McMahon just shook his head. I don't think he cared for it. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't. He didn't like the vampire stuff too much. And uh, but Jerry Lawler did. And he came up to me and says, "Hey, can you you want to go to Memphis?" And I go, "Sure." He goes, "Can, can you be there on Monday or whatever it was or, or Saturday? It was Saturday at TV, I think." And no. so I, that was that that weekend. So I I flew out there, did it, and then uh, stayed. I just flew back home and then drove back out there and stayed in Memphis and did it there. So that's where that started. That and that's where the Rookie of the Year thing came in in '93. Uh, and then well, you, I just, I, you had to be surprised as anybody. You've been wrestling for six or seven years, and all of a sudden you're rookie of the year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, all I had to do was beat Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but it, what, the thing about Memphis was funny is uh, because I went from Calgary, all Japan, Puerto Rico, and uh, and I believe an IWA tour before I got to Memphis. So, uh, when I got to Memphis. I couldn't figure out why when I was working, I worked at Jerry Lawler. Lawler never said a word to me. Everything was fine. And, and uh, it just, we, we would do the matches, nothing, nothing bad, nothing good. He'd be, thank you. 
whatever. Hell, we didn't even talk before the match. Like, he barely even gave me a finish half the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just called in the ring. Then I worked Jeff Jarrett. And then Jeff would only let me hold a headlock in the heat. <laughs> <laughs> and I would call Luna. I'd call her and say, I, I don't know what's going on. I said, they can't just can't get no heat. He well, I, I, I don't want to be rude or anything, but all they would do is let me hold a headlock. And then um, I, I couldn't figure it out. And then uh, one day I was riding along, and you know Scotty Too Hot, he's Scott Taylor, right? Uh, his car broke down. And I pulled up and offered him a ride. He wouldn't get in with me. And I said, Scotty, you want to ride? No, I'm going to walk. <laughs> What's wrong, man? Get in the car. And uh, I finally talked him into the car. I said, get in there. We're riding. And I go, are you all right? Are you mad at me or something? You know? And he just took a deep breath. And he goes, man, you're killing everybody. I go, what do you mean? He goes, you're beating the shit out of everybody. <laughs> I forgot, you know, I went back to that, like, yeah, it, it, that just beat, I was just trying to survive, man. I was just in there killing everybody. So Scotty Too Hotty was going to walk instead of getting in the car with you? The car, yeah. so much <laughs> that, that's, that's heat right there. That's, that's heat. heat. You that's real heat. We, we traveled after that together but with friends. I went, because I just kind of went, oh, shit, man. <laughs> I was like. I so it's a work I just, after all. <laughs> I, did, I, I just totally forgot. Like, Damn, you know, Maleko. I was just fighting for my life in all those other places. So, <laughs> like, so I got there and then I uh, adjusted well and then everything went good from there on out. <laughs> you, you know, know it's I, funny because me, me and uh, Bobby Duncan would come back from Japan and nobody want to work with us. We're two young kids that are big, big yeah. strong former you know, football players. But you'd be yeah. in Japan for four or five weeks and you come back and they're like, I'm not working with them. <laughs> Period. Because uh, you Bobby, get so used to that freaking blood and gut style in Japan. Yeah. In '98, when I was over there, that's who they wanted me to. They tagged me up with Bobby. They, were, they said they wanted to put the uh, all Asian straps on and stuff. I was just in black black trunks, white boots, and they had me tagging with Bobby. And then WWE said they were hiring me on the same tour. It was Doctor Death's last tour over there, and uh, but I was tagging with Bobby. Oh Lord, what a partner he is! <laughs> oh, he was the best. Oh. <laughs> Wait, I said, Bobby, did you take a shower? Yeah, baby, West Texas. <laughs> and he's thinking the boss. <laughs> they they would ask me, where's Bobby? I go, I, I don't know. You haven't seen him. Nobody can find him. And damn, he'd be sleeping in a broom closet in the hallway. <laughs> You'd have to hunt up and down. He wasn't in his room. He was, he was a hot mess, man. But he was so fun. He was one of the best guys to be around. <laughs> Oh, uh, Bobby was awesome. He, I, when I broke in the business, Bobby was my roommate down in Texas. Uh, you know, his dad, his dad, Duncan Sr., wanted him to go back and play football. And that kind of screwed up our gimmick because uh, Bobby went back and played some arena football. And he had like, oh, my God, I bet he had six or seven surgeries on his shoulder the next year. Yeah. He got, oh, wow. really, he got really screwed up playing football. And we had a good deal. We were, we were about to go to, I think, WCW. Was, I think Mike Graham had talked to us. Uh, at the time we, but we had a bunch of offers to go different places and, and Duncan senior wanted him to play football and Bob, Bob, now in fairness, Bobby did too, you know, Bobby's Duncan senior in defense of him. He, he, cause I talked to him about it later. He said, I want him to get all of it out of his system while he still can and play as long as he can. Unfortunately, Bobby got hurt again. And that's when he got all those surgeries and. Uh, yeah. Between his know, shoulders and, and his back, his back was always Oh, he was, yeah. he was messed up bad. That's what kind of contributed yeah. to some of the uh, problems yeah. he had with some of the pills. Was He, yeah. he was in a lot of pain. Yeah, but he was he a was great a guy, dude. man. <laughs> yeah, I love him. It was so much fun. I, I was really sad when he when he left this earth. He, man, he, but, he, uh, he, I, did, I did his eulogy, uh, you know, because Bobby and I were oh. good friends. And 
Bobby would call me and go, hey, dunk him. And I go, is this Bobby Duncan? Are you looking for Bobby Duncan? I said, what the hell? Is this English? Everybody comes, hey, Duncan. That's that Texas way of communicating, Dave. You know that. So, so, so tell us now, you, you're starting to develop a vampire uh, a character at this time here, or is, it, or is it still coming a little bit later? So, I uh, was uh i was i was trying to get away from that at, at just time. trying to get I was, away from i was just that. i was just wrestling as dave heath yeah. I did just uh trunks and boots but I, I still did it uh i would do it in like uh, i was going to all japan that time that was all japan tour so uh vince man that came up to me uh the the dojo before the dojo thing so i went to the dojo he said get rid of those fangs i had them in permanent for a little bit there i had permanent fangs he said grow your hair in and I'm, I'm never going to use that vampire character. I, I, you do all that other stuff, you'll get a job. And, and sure enough, I, I grew the hair in, got rid of the fangs, I got, got what I called abs, abs for me. <laughs> there, was, there was a couple of abs there, but I was going, I was down to 228 and, uh, and, and, and I, they gave me a job. Like they, they offered me a job. But uh, then they told me that I wouldn't do the, the vampire, they, you know, they told me that wasn't doing that. They would sit home for a year. They said, we don't know what we're going to do, which I go, you hired me and you're going to sit home? They go, yeah. And I was home for a week or two. I don't even know what it was. It wasn't very long. And then Vince Russo called up and said, hey, Brown, can you still do that vampire thing? I go, what? I go, he goes, can you do the vampire thing? I go, I, I was thrown off because like I got took the fangs out. I, I just I didn't, was going to go that route anymore. And then so he goes, yeah, we need you um, to fly out Saturday. This was a Friday night. So I, I quick ran to Hot Topic, the local mall, <laughs> grabbed the white puppy shirt. And the pants and, and I walked next door to Journeys and grabbed the boots I had on. <laughs> I grabbed them. And, like, they had a gimmick challenge there. They came up with the entrance, all that in a weekend, all that, the music, that entrance. I came up with that, that close that Friday night, caught the flight Saturday and, and did the Sunday night heat. <laughs> now you, you and Bruce did some fantastic vignettes. You and Bruce Pritchard did a fantastic, you guys went up in Connecticut or, or Massachusetts and, and in some vampire villages, didn't you? If I remember that right. Oh no, that might've been edge when he was running. Like, okay, it was edge, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. That's yeah. the edge. Yeah. 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 We went to Ebor city on some of our vignettes. Ebor city. Bruce. There's yeah, a lot of vampires down there. <laughs> yeah. I was, they're trying to do the, they were trying to do the vignettes. I think, I think Adam Edge at the time, he was such a good kid at the time. He, he kept wondering why I kept disappearing and showing. Goes, what is wrong, man? Like, you all right? I go, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was so tore up, man. <laughs> tore up from the floor up out there trying to shoot those vignettes. <laughs> I, yeah, it was good times back then for me. <laughs> Uh, Gangrel, I saw. I was there that time when uh, you were practicing your entrance, and they almost barbecued you. <laughs> oh, yeah! I saw the whole thing. A, yeah, yeah. We yeah, all yeah, did. Uh, Jerry may have been out there on the floor, and we see you coming up, and, and you're 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 jumping around, patting stuff. And I thought, what in the world's wrong with him? And then yeah, I realized I that the fire had in, somehow got sucked in to the going up. Yeah, and you were being what cooked. I, what happened is. Uh, they they condensed that hole down for Ray Mysterio, and they wanted me to come up that where the the other entrance was like six foot and and three foot wide, so the the flames could breathe and it would breathe up. Right? This one it was a Mysterio uh, for Ray Mysterio. They wanted me to come up through that, and it was a crank thing, but the hole was so small that the flames sucked in, 
So when they, when they lit the flames, I'm standing there, and I, I couldn't go anywhere because they had me squatting like this. So the flames, my skin, I, I looked down, and I just was holding this, my skin off my wrist. They had just burnt off my arm. And I jumped up out of the elevator, and I just went back there, and I forget who was there. One of the trainers, they just kind of snipped the skin off and cleaned it up and wrapped it up, and we went out there. And uh, I think it's Hagrid we came out with you, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. I was, I was yeah, sitting yeah. out there when you are practicing rehearsal when they barbecued you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was like about an hour before the show started, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we're up early, and I, I taped it up. I remember flying home with Eddie. Eddie goes, he goes, you want tough hombre. <laughs> he says, I wouldn't have did that. I said, well, I don't know what else we're supposed to do, man. That's all I've ever done. Just keep going. <laughs> we also had a time where uh, uh, Luna almost beat up me and Ron <laughs> for hanging you. Oh, my goodness, yeah. You do the old hangover, you know, Jerry, as you know, and if you, if you just get your hand in there, you're fine. You can, you right. can sit there and be there. All, you yeah, know, all you need yeah. is a couple fingers in there. Yeah. And either you missed your hand or something, yeah. but we're live on TV and we're trying to, you know, figure out how to <laughs> not kill you. And she was, she got so bad. Yeah. Ron goes, uh, you know, maybe we should go the other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to run. I'm not going to run in Luna. It, it was a brand new rope and I got my hand in there, but it just cinched everything. It just <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. And and, and, and that rope lost because it was brand new, so it just kept tightening, like tightening. And uh I, I, I said goodbye. I remember saying goodbye to my family and everything. I said, Oh God, please let them know I love them. I was a terrible, I was a terrible dad. And, and everything was fading and everything was fading. And next thing I know, I see Midian in my face. You all right? You all right? <laughs> yeah, you you're obviously we're in hell. Yeah. Yeah. He's all Midian. It's all Midian. Yeah. And then next thing I heard is saying, "Oh, Luna's, Luna's in trouble." Like you know. Oops. Uh oh. Where'd you go, David? So Luna's gonna beat you guys up. There, oh my right? God! Yeah, they told us since we come through Gorilla, Luna's waiting for you guys. <laughs> oh my God! I said, "Why?" They go, "What you just did to Gangrel." And <laughs> I guess she knew it was coming, but realized that it had gotten a little serious and she was waiting to physically, there he is, physically assault me and Ron. <laughs> so that's what Ron, Ron, Ron got smart and he wanted to go the other way. <laughs> that's exactly right. I'm sorry, guys. While you're gone, Gabriel, Jerry asked me what happened with Luna. And I guess because we were obviously were in the ring with you, uh, <laughs> she saw it backstage and realized you were in trouble. And we're trying to figure out how to get you down, you know, and 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 get you off camera. And when we came back, they go, Luna's really mad. I go, that's when Ron goes, uh, we'll go the other way. <laughs> it's funny. She got fined for that, but they gave me a bonus for it. So <laughs> Did she really? She got fined for that? Yeah, for, for, for losing her shit back there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank God me and Ron weren't back there when she really lost her shit there. <laughs> she had to jump me and Ron. There's something wrong with him. There's something wrong with him. <laughs> yeah, we heard about it as soon as we came back in there. I guess they had gotten her just out of Gorilla, and they told us about it. And I thought, you know, I really don't want to run into her right now. I'll just, I'll just go the other way. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of – whenever I run into Godfather, he tells me about – the time Luna stabbed him in the head with a hanger in the elevator, and then yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah. We got a lot of story a million times. Oh, yeah, I never, I never heard that story. Tell me that story. 
I don't know the beginning of it or not. I don't know what she was up to because there's so many stories about her. I, I don't know. I don't even know. He might have knocked her out for all I, I don't know what happened. All I know is he tells me, Luna stabbed me in the head with that damn hanger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was, there was like a, there was a, a fight broke out <laughs> between Godfather and Luna. <laughs> then she beat up that, uh, what was his name? The men on the mission, Sir Mo or whatever, the, the, the manager, Oscar, Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and I was, I was there. I saw the end of it in uh, Dallas Reunion Arena, the old Reunion Arena, uh, when, when her and Sable got in a fight. I saw it. <laughs> and then well, Animal, yeah. the Road Warriors broke it up, and uh, she she slapped the shit out of Animal. Oh, now, oh, Animal's sunny, got that sunny, thirty sunny. inch neck; it's not going to hurt him. But it was oh, uh, yeah, it was Sunny. I think I, I remember she called me right away. You didn't hear anything, did you? Because I guess she goes, "I never punched her in the face. I just punched her in the back of the head. I just punched her in the back of the head." So it was Sunny. Sunny. <laughs> it was Sunny. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Luna I meant said- Sable. I meant. I'm, yeah, Luna, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm Luna, Luna said something to Sonny. Sonny went and called Animal. Animal came and said something to Luna. So Luna hit Animal for it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it went and it went in the locker room, pissed off. And then Sonny kept trying to fix the situation. And then Luna opened up the door and put her in a damn uh, one of the production boxes or something. <laughs> like, That's when punch- I saw it. I saw it when uh, she had thrown her into the into that big uh, you know, black production box, and she climbed on her like an MMA fighter, hooked her by the collar, and was was punching her. Oh, man. Like, she, oh my god! She always got me in trouble. She got me fired from Memphis. <laughs> she she was in WWE at the time or WWF. I was working. It was an Eddie Marlin town. It wasn't even a. Uh, it was Eddie Marlin's town, Knoxville. And uh, Luna was in. They wanted Luna on the show. They wanted her to wrestle Jackie and uh, Miss Texas, Jack, Jacqueline. And uh, Luna said, if she hits me in, in the ear of that clothesline one more time, I'm going to beat her up. I said, did you, tell her, did you tell her not to hit you? She goes, I told her three times. If she hits me one more time, I'm going to beat her up. I said, just tell her again. And she told her. And she went over and told her. I seen him talking. And they go out there. And I had the seconder walk out to the ring. So I'm out there, like, and then here comes that clothesline and hits her right in the ear. She goes, shot her. She starts growling. Poor Jackie never stood a chance, man. <laughs> she wrapped Jackie's hair up in her hand and threw Jackie over the top rope and just started punching her. Bow, 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 her in the ring. And then uh, they go back, and then Road Dog was there. And then we're walking back, and then Road Dog says, Luna, Jackie says, you could have never done that. You sucker punched her. She says, what? Ah. So she storms in, bangs on the dressing door, and Jackie opens the door, and she just, boom, beats her up again. <laughs> and ja- Jackie was a pretty tough lady, too. Yeah, yeah, Jackie, Jackie was very tough. Yeah. And uh, Eddie Marvin fired me. They got me fired. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So you got fired. <laughs> I got fired. Because she's a WWF. They fired me. And, they, uh, and then about like uh, like a half hour later, they said, hey, uh, you know, we realize it's not your fault, but can you control her? I said, quit using her. <laughs> You didn't have to put her on the show. <laughs> well, the good thing in Dallas was I walked, I can't remember who was with me, but I saw the finish uh, of the thing was with uh, Sonny. And <laughs> when, when I walked out there, I knew she had, she had popped animal. She had beaten up. Sonny. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not staying out here. Cause I don't know who all she's going to beat up. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, man. I can't tell you. Like, like I said, so many fights we'd walk. Back in the drinking days, she couldn't drink on her medicines. You know, she was schizophrenic, bipolar. 
all that. We'd go into a bar and everything would be fine. And she'd go, I'm going to the bathroom. I'll be back, you know. And then she'd go to the bathroom. I'm looking around. I hear a bunch of hooting and hollering. She'd walk out of the, uh, she'd walk out of the damn thing or shirt off in the air. And I, I'd go over there and try to get her crowd up and get her dressed and say, we got to go. And then the whole bar, why are you taking the fun out of the bar? I said, listen, I'm saving all of you. you know? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. and they start arguing and then it would go down. And then there it was, we're fighting everybody. And then when it was all said and done, it was me and her back to back, her topless and me sitting there back to back, fought the whole damn bar. Like, I said, why do you do this? <laughs> the next day she'd be like, why are you mad at me? What do you, <laughs> I just so- can't keep, keep fighting people all the time <laughs> Dang, well, that had to be crazy though the whole the vashon family i mean that yeah. uh they're <laughs> they're they're not known for their normalcy yeah she was just trying to live up to her uncle mad dog because you know he was known as a tough guy and this and that and that's how she tore her uh she tore her vocal cords you know you know and she 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 tore her vocal cords and damaged them so bad the voice was like that all the time she had to actually uh work a, a sweet voice like hi you know that sweet voice because <laughs> she had tore up over course she just idolized her uncle she tried to live like her aunt vivian and you know vivian was a wild woman so she what, 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 what she was sweet though she was, there were no no lady sweeter than what she was when she was yeah. wonderful oh, was awesome yeah, yeah no, was wonderful yeah. I, every, everybody I, loved her yeah. i mean every, everybody I spent 18 years with her. Wow. <laughs> 18 years. Wow. 18 years. 18 years we're together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you get a purple uh, heart for that? <laughs> I've hey, committed did, a few did times. Did you ever have any interaction much with the Mad Dog? Uh, just one time. We were out and uh, I, I was just doing, I was just actually doing uh, like jobs for WWE. Luna was there and uh, where was it? Like North Dakota or somewhere. Wherever he lived out there uh, at the end. And uh, somebody came up. It might have been Timmy White. It might have been, hey, the Mad Dog wants to see you. You know, I'm like, why? <laughs> I'm like, why? He goes, I-, I don't know, kid. You better get over there. <laughs> you know, I'm like, hey, you know, so I'm over there. And then there's Mad Dog. He only had one leg at the time, too. And he's just like, hey. That was that, was that, that, was that night they used his leg as a, as a, as a gimmick. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, you're marrying my, my, my niece. You better not hurt her. I better not hurt her. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. I'm going to rip your head off and get down your throat. He gave me, he cut a promo on me. <laughs> I, just said, I just kept saying, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> did you, did you start having doubts in there? <laughs> uh, nah, I just, nah, I should have ran from the get go. You know, when I first met her, when I first met her, uh, it was for the championship wrestling. She was with Dickie Slater at the time. And, uh, she was with Dick Slater. She was wrestling Peggy Lee, which was her old girlfriend. So <laughs> Peggy Lee broke her nose for whatever reason, broke Luna's <laughs> nose. And Luna's like, I could hear her growling in the hallway. Ah, Dickie's going to kill me. I wasn't even supposed to be here tonight. My nose is broken, blood everywhere. She kicks the door open, and I'm sitting with Brian now. She kicks the door open and looks at me and goes, fresh meat. Ah. What the hell is that? And I was like, I was terrified of her. I actually moved my chair behind knobs. And I said, what was that? He goes, that's Luna. She does our laundry and everything. She's so sweet. I'm like, but I want nothing to do with that. And oh my goodness. And then somehow I ran into her uh, a few years later and she, she attacked me drunk and beat on me, bit me in my back. It's, it's a long story. And I was going to kill her. I was so mad. I had her up. At, I, I, 
she wanted a ride to wrestle practice. I wanted nothing to do with her. Like I was just scared of her. <laughs> she drove. She drove this Volkswagen Golf, the little white Volkswagen, and uh, she wanted me to drive it because she was drunk. Her and uh, this girl Denise had been drinking margaritas all day. Like, they were just hammered. I don't even know why they wanted to go train. <laughs> like, yeah. But uh, my partner was. He, he loved her. He says, "Oh, this is Luna. We got to give her a ride." So, uh, we start. I got to drive because nobody's sober. I'm, I'm. I'm the only one that took training serious. <laughs> I'm going down there, driving down to Miami in this car. She climbs in the front seat and, and she rips my shirt off. Just starts punching me. Why don't you like me? Why don't you like me? <laughs> so I was so mad when I got there. This was that uh, Rusty was running the class then, and I get there. He had a, I had a ring in like a backyard, and uh, I go out there. He goes, go, "Go just wrestle it off, man. Go take it out on the young guys or something." So I'm out there just wrestling away. Out of nowhere, she drops down. I don't know if she came off the ropes or just jumped through the ropes. She bit, she bit like a pit bull down in the middle of my back. I couldn't reach, reach her. She was like locked on. I had to jump through the ropes and catch her face in the rope. And I grabbed it. I pulled her out and I, and I had her, I had her up. And uh, I remember uh, Rusty was just going, hey, that's six laters, old lady. You can't, you can't hit her. I go, I'm seeing a lady that's not a woman. This is, uh, this is a creature, you know. I was losing my, like, I was losing it. And I was like, I was about to, and uh, whatever, I put her down. And I went out there, and I'm not proud of this, but I kicked the mirrors off that car. I kicked the doors in. <laughs> I was so mad at her, and I swore off. I said, I never want nothing to do with this girl again. I, I said, just keep me away from her. I had a scar on my back. It took a year for that scar to heal, for it to go away. We were best friends before that scar, before that scar healed. Me and her were best friends and running the roads, and she set me up with more women and girls. <laughs> I, I don't know how. That's why I always claim that she was the real vampire because she turned me. She, like, <laughs> <laughs> turned me. She bit me, and we became best friends. You know, and then like everybody thought we were together for a while there, but we weren't. She was. She had the book for the Wild Rosses, so like, she, she like life was good. <laughs> like, yeah, but the, but uh, I, I don't know how we ended up together. That was a, it. Wasn't a mistake. We didn't want to be together. We just somehow ended up together. And, before you knew it, 18 years it flew by. <laughs> well, it was the bite. I mean, that's how you... It was the bite. Bar, right? that's, <laughs> that's it. It was the bite. <laughs> well, she was just like, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm being negative on enough. People listening to this might think, holy crap. That's, she was the sweetest person in the world. Like, yeah. this is... Just as big as her, her, her fist of fury were, was her heart. It was the same thing. It was huge. It was just huge. <laughs> I, I thought the world of uh, Luna. I really yeah, did. I she, did she, she was such a sweetheart around me, and I, I just really appreciated it and appreciated her history and appreciated her toughness, too, because it was needed at that time for, for women in this business. Yeah, yeah. I, I think she did good now. I think she would have liked a lot of the some of the some of the girls now. Oh yeah, she would have been great. Yeah. She, you know, she yeah. would, she would have been good. Luna's one of those people that would have been good in any era. Yeah, yeah. She just yeah. she was just uh, you know, I mean, it's not her fault. I mean, she was she was legitimately she was schizophrenic and <laughs> whatever name it, whatever she had, she had it. She was on so much medicines and stuff to try to uh, keep that under control. But where it was where it fell in her court is where she would drink on those medicines or, or, uh, you know, do all the other partake and all the other things that would set everything off balance. But, um, but, but yeah, like, like she, she was fighting uphill battle the whole time with, with mental illness and stuff like that. But, uh, she, no day was boring. Man. <laughs> I never had a, I never had a boring day. Well, me, me and Ron thought she was great, except for when she wanted to beat us up. <laughs> 
if Ron said you better go the other way, that says something. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll go with you, Ron. Wow, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, Ron, what a great guy there, too. Huh? <laughs> oh, I, still see Ron. I, I run into him every once in a while. I'll be like, damn. Wait, how you doing, vampire? You still married to that doctor? <laughs> like, yeah. He goes, oh, you, you, you're good. You're good. You'll be good. He says, you still wrestling? I go, every time I can. He goes, well, oh, well, damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what, 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 what are you up to now, David? You still got your training school down there? You had a state-of-the-art school. And, and I, I did, but I'm not a businessman. So, uh, And it wasn't that there wasn't money coming in. I just trusted the wrong person. Uh, but I am running a school now, uh, CCW. They run about 150 shows a year. Uh, I don't do a lot of those shows, but I run the school Monday through Thursday when I'm home. And I'm, I'm still out, still out Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Hell, next week I got shows Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday I got shows, and I got double shot on Saturday, a show Sunday in Charleston. So I'm very much still wrestling. I'm very blessed, like John said, with that iconic kind of – people remember it. That I'm still riding that 25-year wave. <laughs> I've always been, man. So I've been so blessed. And uh, they still come, and it, it, people still show up to see it. So I'm grateful, very honored, and flattered. And uh, so, But I still, I still try to go hard. I just – I just don't go to the top rope as much as I used to or go over yeah. it or so much, but uh, still, still out there grinding and, and, and love it. And, but I, I do have a passion for training the uh, newer generation, you know, I, uh, that, that I, I feel like uh, is, is a new high for me. Like that's, I don't, I don't do much of anything anymore. Hell, I'm lucky if I could even finish a glass of wine now, but, <laughs> but I, I hate, I hate the miss training and, and, and seeing these guys progress and stuff and being a part of their journey. Uh, I really li I live through each and every one of them. Everyone that comes in there, I relive my whole whole wrestling career through them, and it's just a blessing and it's amazing. And uh, there's still one of John's uh, line: "Every day is a great day or great day." Best day like, ever. Best day ever. That's it. Best, best day, day ever. ever. Yeah, yeah. I got that from uh, Frenchie, who you know may know backstage in WWE. You know, Frenchie used to always put that yeah. best day ever. I thought that was always so cool. <laughs> every day should be best day ever. Well, Frenchie, uh, Francois, or whatever. The... Not Francois, Frenchie, uh, the guy who does the audio for WWE. Oh, okay. and a kid, a kid from Mount Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He lives yeah, now. Yeah. He lives now just south of uh, Denver. His kid's a rock climber and do yeah. there's all kinds of stuff. Frenchie's, oh, wow. Frenchie's a great, great guy. Been yeah, there forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, just, I'm just blessed every day. Just blessed to be above ground, man. <laughs> You know, you you uh, had in the one uh, storyline you had with uh, Edge and Christian and the Hardys and Michael Hayes, you had the one other vampire in the wrestling business, the Freebird, Michael Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dude, I, I'm sure, I, I was 6'2 when I started in WWE. After those few matches, I think I walked away six foot. <laughs> that, that clubbing punch of his. That <laughs> oh, my God. Michael, Michael would hit you with that left. Anywhere from yeah. the elbow to the top of the head. You had no idea where he's going to hit you. You just knew for sure he was going to hit you. And that was going to hurt. It was going to hurt oh. bad. Hey, Naves. Oh and he'd just throw a punch. I go, my, you, you, could, you could at least try to work part of it. Uh, we, uh, he had no aim and he had no distance. They were all long. <laughs> we were working with, uh, I, was work, I was with Christian and Edge. And he was with the Hardys. And uh, somehow we all ended up at an Outback Steakhouse outside Pittsburgh. And uh, so Christian Edge were over there having like salads and steaks, 
look over there, and Hardys are doing the same thing at this time. They're all good guys. And uh, I'm on one end of the bar drinking Jack Daniels and Michael Hayes is on the other end. So still trying to keep the whole kayfabe thing, but somehow we, we drifted closer and closer and closer as they're eating. And, and you know, uh, I love Michael Hayes, man, and, but he, he, he tells you a lot of the same stories over and over. And, uh, no good. <laughs> I've known him 50 years and I've heard the same story. So <laughs> I said something to him and he, and he got hot. He goes, hey, kid, it's my time. It means it's my time. Do you know what that means? I go, yeah, dude, shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, you want a headbutt? And I said, matter of fact, I do want a headbutt. <laughs> he was getting hot at me. So we're, we're in the outbacks and he hauls off and he headbutts me. <laughs> like he pops you on. I go, oh, good one, Michael. And I, I pop him back with another one. About this time, the, the Hardys and Edge and him come on. Hey, hey guys, let's get this outside. We had to go outside. And he still wanted a headbutt. We get out there and, and we went a couple more rounds. And then I caught him with a headbutt. Another one that opened him up and dropped him to his knees. <laughs> he's bleeding. And he's like, Dave, Dave, Dave. <laughs> when, uh, when, they, when they inducted him into the Hall of Fame, Edge and Christian reenacted that. And I, and I, and I, gave, I gave Edge so much heat. I said, why did you tell the story backwards? Michael Hayes is on his knee bleeding. You made it sound like, like I tapped out to it. He goes, he's going in the Hall of Fame. But if you would have read my book, you would have read I told the story the right way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael, Michael Hayes. Michael loved the headbutt people. I mean, loved oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, I, about, I about headbutt him right off that cliff in Pittsburgh at that outback. He's, he's <laughs> I know that outback you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Ron have been there a few times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they still we allowed us to go in there after that, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we went outside. And, like, it was just funny, like, uh, like trying to ride with Edge, and they're like, man, they, they looked at it like a fight, you know? But me and Michael, I think we just looked at it as we just headbutting, you know? <laughs> a oh, couple guys. Michael meant nothing by it, but he would headbutt you hard enough to try to knock you out. Yeah, yeah, and I headbutted him back. It was good. It was fun. Like, but I got the better. I got the better in that night. He tapped out with the name. He was like, "Dave, man." It was <laughs> you know, just another night, big color to Michael. Yeah, yeah. He had already got he had some color coming and everything. And like, but the Hardys and Edge and Christian, they were freaking out. <laughs> Me and Michael, like, nothing happened the next day. We were good. <laughs> I was out with uh, Vince, uh, Michael Hayes, and a bunch of other guys. We know when Vince occasionally would go out with people, and Michael Hayes headbutted me right out of the blue. And, and <laughs> now I went, I went to go after him to headbutt him, and I see Vince over there. He's going, he goes, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was good with those no's. Because <laughs> <laughs> he knew what was coming next. And we, were, we wouldn't stop. Neither one of us would have stopped. Stop. Yeah, good times. <laughs> I miss all those times, you know, it might sound crazy to other people, but it was a, a whole lot of fun to me. Best times in my life. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was a great time. And you guys worked with, uh, I worked with you guys a ton. You were in the ministry. You were in the, the later in when I was JBL also, we, we got to work yeah. together quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was all fun. And everybody was always like, Oh, Bradshaw's going to kill you with that clothesline. I go, he seems so sweet with it. It was always good. <laughs> I go, if you guys are getting hate, it's because you don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Christian, Christian took a few. I remember Christian getting a few. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, it was it's all about night. the bump. You know, I, I don't want to tell anybody yeah. that. I won't, I'm like, I'm yeah. like Hanson. You know, Hanson used to, so Hanson, you go with a black eye. Hanson goes, oh, yeah, tell everybody I did that. You know, stay in love, <laughs> stay in love the reputation, too. 
Yeah, I, I think it, it just, yeah, people, they either try to jump or they pause or they get afraid and they end up getting yoked or something. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. snap bump, a nice, easy snap bump, and everybody's happy and it all looks good. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, people don't realize go toward the shoulder on, on anything like that. Go toward the shoulder, not away from it. Yeah, it's like a tackle. Yeah. <laughs> and then take a snap bump. That, that's how you protect yeah. yourself and all that stuff. But your, your first thought is to go away from it. And yeah. that, that's where you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, it was uh, Rick Steiner was giving the Steiner line back when I, I was doing stuff in uh, was it was the Georgia Championship then? I think it was called Georgia. I don't know what it was called, but when, when he first came in, he was just like knocking job guys out. I just ran at it as fast as I could. I never felt it. It's just it's in the bomb. It's just not being afraid of it. I suppose, like you said, man. <laughs> well, you know, Hanson, Hanson would just hit you in the face. I took it some from him. <laughs> I am too. I, <laughs> yeah. well, I, can, I can't see. I can't see. <laughs> yeah, it'd come at you like Joe Frazier. Uh, I know one one match was with Hanson. It was in Japan. It was like my first trip. We were working him, and he was outside the ropes on the apron. He goes, slam me, slam me, slam me. And I'm going, slam him. Like, he, he, he was ribbing me. He had me reach over the rope and try to slam him in from the rope. I, when I got him up, he cut me off. Like he, he came in over the rope. I, I don't think he thought I would get him up. I was like, is this guy ribbing me? <laughs> but I was scared to death because of Stan Hansen. I was going to do anything he told me to do. He, he either told me to bump yeah. the third row for a phantom kick, I would have bumped. You know? <laughs> you know what's so great about when you're wrestling Hansen is when he comes out and he, he chases all the Japanese fans all over the arena with the yeah. rope and the stuff. And he, uh, I mean, he, it is just, it's a sight to see. It, it was <laughs> awesome. But then you uh, realize, you know, he's coming after me. You, yeah, yeah, you're next. <laughs> it was always hard. Like I, I didn't know him very well, so I always wondered, did he like me or not? <laughs> he always, I think he sat at the front of the bus all the time, and he just, he just didn't really say a whole lot. And I was always, man, I hope I'm not on his bad side. Because <laughs> I, I was just there quiet. When he did one of the legendaries, uh, the tape out the window. <laughs> <laughs> You like oh, the movies and, yeah, yeah, he didn't yeah. like the movie. He threw it out the window, and I'm like, "That's kind of cool, except for the fact we got nothing to watch." Nothing now. to watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, good times. Well, Gangrel, how can uh, how can people get a hold of you and all that stuff for for bookings for for all the all the things you do? Uh, well, everything seems to come in on Facebook, Gangrel David Heath, or the Instagram. Same thing, Gangrel David Heath. So it all comes in on there. Just. Gangrel, my real name behind it, David Heath. And uh, yeah, I'm always on there. I check those regular. Seems like everything comes in on the Facebook. So staying busy. But um, if you are reaching a hold of me, call, reach ahead because like I'm three, four months out. I always slammed up. I'm very blessed and very grateful, but please reach out. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. You know, Jerry, Jerry told me we we're going to get you. And I know you're busy. You're on the road and you're doing a million <laughs> different things. You're in a hotel room, I think, right now. But so, so yeah. I've always enjoyed being around you. We've always had such good times together. I think the world of both you and your character, I, I really meant that when I, you know, you're one of the most iconic characters that, that will be remembered in oh. 50 years from now, they'll still remember Gangrel, which is a pretty cool legacy. Oh. So thank thank you for joining Jerry and I on our show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm humbled by those words. Thank you. Thank you so much, both of you. Thank you, David. It was so great seeing you. I'll see you down the road here, I'm sure, somewhere. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hopefully sooner than later.